I'm excited you guys are here today, and um, we're, we're going to have some fun. And uh, if you are new with us today, I just want to say welcome. I do have my Britney Spears microphone on today. This is new for me, uh, so y'all show me some grace. Um, and, and if you are new, I would love to meet you after service um, and uh, fill out a Connect card if you want to do that. It's in the seat back in front of you. We just want to make sure that we get to know you a little bit. Um, happy Fourth of July weekend. Uh, I plan on smoking some meats after uh, this and getting ready to celebrate and uh, enjoy some water in the backyard. It's going to be fun with the kids. Um, but I do need to start by confessing some sin this morning. Is that okay? Some of you are like, what kind of church am I at? Um, uh, I've officially become an old grumpy man. I was sat on my back porch last night, and I was studying the notes for today. And uh, somebody is unsaved, and they were shooting fireworks last night. And um, in our neighborhood, it sounded like a battle zone. And uh, I I was texting people. I'm like, who would do this? And at one point, I was so frustrated, I yelled, it's the second, it's not the fourth. And I was like... I've, I've officially changed, and I just need y'all to show me some grace, um, but if you're shooting fireworks past midnight, I just want you to know that, um, anyways, I'm just kidding. Um, growing up, uh, this time of the year is always so funny for me because I remember the stories as a kid with fireworks, and um, we would always buy an abundant amount of water dynamite and bottle rockets. Anybody else? Because those are the cheapest things, and you can have wars with them, okay? And so in our neighborhood, uh, you know, we would throw these water dynamite at each other. Some of y'all would say we're, we're terrorists. Uh, I would say we're enthusiasts, and uh, we just wanted a good time. And uh, we, would, we would have so much fun, and we would get in so much trouble. But we made these bottle rocket launchers with PVC pipe. Don't get any ideas if there's any kids in here. Um, some of the adults are going to be doing this this afternoon. And you put a cap on the end of it, and you can shove a bunch of bottle rockets in there and just know that it is a great tool um, to take care of the, the neighborhood bully. So uh, we would have these bottle rocket wars. We would have so much fun. And um, I just want to let you know that when those things go past a certain date, they're no longer good to light them, Okay. There was one time my brother uh, was playing the Xbox, and I wanted to play it. I think it was a PlayStation, actually. And, um, and I was, I was, it was my turn to play, and we shared a bedroom growing up, and I was sitting there with a lighter in one hand and a bottle rocket in the other. Those fuses become more sensitive as they get older. And uh, I'm sitting there, and he's like, you won't do it. And I was like, you don't know me well enough, you know. And so I accidentally, accidentally light this bottle rocket in our bedroom, and I'll save all the details. Just know it skid across the carpet. And we had like a white, like off-white carpet, and we just put a rug down. And my mom didn't know until we moved, okay? And she's like, what's that? I don't know, okay? It's a, a sign from God. And so um, with, that being say, with that being said, y'all be safe this weekend. If you got kids playing with fireworks, um, get, them, get them some PVC pipe, and they're going to have a good time. Uh, we celebrated my daughter Haven's birthday, um, really what feels like for a whole week. Y'all got that picture? Um, this is my daughter. Everybody say, aww. Um, she ate the photo props, and I don't know if she was supposed to, sorry, Allison, um, but she, she ate the photo props, and uh, she was having a party, and she is just the sweetest little thing. She is growling, making noises. She walks around and growls. Kendra and I always joked, and we're like, if our kids turned into zombies, would we still love them? We talk about weird stuff, okay? Like, and we don't believe in zombies, just, you know, but I was, I was like, yeah, we would just lock them in the closet, feed them every now and then, and it'd be great, and this is my daughter. She walks around like an actual zombie, and uh, it's, it's the sweetest thing. She has started saying, I got that, I got that, and I'm just like, you can have anything you want. I'll give it to you, right? Anything you want, I'll buy it. And then there's my son. 
Um, he broke the world record of spankings in the last 48 hours. Um, this is him in the air. This was an old picture. I want you to see the distance between me and him. Um, it's, it's pretty impressive. Sh- show him the other picture. This is the recent picture. I either got weaker or he got bigger. I don't know. Uh, but we have been having fun uh, with our family this summer, and we, we have prayed that it would be a time of rest for you guys. And, and our, our family has really enjoyed Fayetteville um, and some warm weather, and we are ready for Razorback football. Can I get an amen, okay? Um, we're excited about that. We've been in the book of Matthew, and if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open that up, and we'll have it on the screens as well through service. Um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13 today, and our hope is that everybody in this season would fall deeply in love with the Word of God, that God would light a fire inside of you that no man could put out, and that you would live by the convictions that God gives us through Scripture, that you would be desiring to grow like never before. That's what we've prayed for this summer that would happen in this place. And we believe, the Tombolis believe, and many others believe, that God is bringing a harvest to this place. We believe that God uh, wants us to be faithful to steward the people that he is bringing to this church to grow and, and the, the word of God says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are what? Few. I pray that this church would be known as a place where the harvest is plentiful and the workers are many. To where people are being discipled, people are being saved and set free by the power and the working of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if you know this, but I just want to give you all a heads up. Northwest Arkansas is ripe for the harvest. Can I get an amen? Like, it is ready to receive what God has for it. And, and, and there's like 40 plus me, people a day moving to this region in northwest Arkansas. I was looking at some statistics. It's considered the top 10 places to live in the U.S. That's pretty awesome. Um, Forbes and many business articles have called it the new Austin, Texas. Business is booming. The economy is growing. And the population is skyrocketing. There's hundreds of thousands of people that already live here. And there's people moving here every single day. You know this if you're trying to buy a house, okay? Uh, it is a very hard thing to do. And, and this is what I believe amongst all those statistics, that in the next 6 to 12 months, the number of people that will get saved in this region will grow tremendously. The number of people being discipled that fall in love with the Word of God is going to grow tremendously. And I believe, I believe that God is moving inside of you. And because of your faithfulness with the word of God and being led by the spirit of God, that he will draw people to this place. And, and I think that we're just scratching the surface. And, and this is, and he says in scripture, for such a time as that, I believe this is a time where we're going to see some incredible things happen. Now, since I was a kid, I've always loved seeing a good ROI, a return on investment. Um, if you're a business person or maybe, you, uh, may, maybe you're a salesperson or whatever it may be, um, I have always loved to invest. I've always loved to see a return on investment. Growing up, I sold candy in school. I've told you all the stories. I would have a backpack for my books, and then I would have a bigger backpack for my candy. Okay, Mom would take me to Sam's Club, and I was selling candy, flipping candy, and uh, I didn't have to do my chores because your boy was a modern-day hustler, okay? And I started, in, I started installing, like, sound systems, and I always loved being able to take something that was little and make much of it and have a return on investment. And, and, and since then, I've always loved seeing people become the, the best they can be. I've loved seeing businesses grow and become the best they can be. I love seeing people accomplish their goals. I love seeing a fruitful return. 
I've always enjoyed seeing little become much. And a lot of people read this text that we read and they misunderstand it. And I just want to give a little bit of clarification today, the best that I can. This passage we're studying today has always stood out to me. And uh, this passage is not talking about investing money. I just want to give you a heads up. It's not talking about investing money and gaining money. It's talking about sowing the word of God and watching it reap a harvest in your life. I'm going to break down some of the words just so that we're all on the same page. Write this down if you're taking notes. The sower in this passage is Jesus. The seed is the word of God. This is the truth of the gospel, which, by the way, holds all power. It holds all potential, but it has to be received on good soil. The four soils, because there's four different uh, soils in this passage, they are the conditions of the human heart. The, the next thing that's always stood out for this, from this text is that the sower scattered seed amongst four different soils, but only one of them was successful. And it's always been fascinating. I read this, and, and, and it, it, one out of the four soils was fruitful. This was what? It was the good soil. Now, three out of the four soils was not. It was the thorns, the rocks, and the path. Now, I'm not really good at math. I had a lot of people help me through high school and college. Um, hashtag cheating. And, um, but I can see when I read this, that's not the best return on investment in a worldly perspective. We have to remove our worldly lens and allow us to have the lens through the Holy Spirit when we read Scripture. And, and I want to just kind of set this thing up for you this morning. And I want to boldly tell you, anytime the Word of God is preached... Anytime the gospel is shared, and, and anytime you step in out of faith in your workplace or your family with the word of God, it is 100% worth it every single time. Now, I'll, I'll say it this way. Even though it may possibly only be received by 25% of the hearers, it's still worth it 100% of the time. Our responsibility is not the response of someone else with the word of God. Our responsibility is our own response to God's word, which is the seed. And I think that we have to understand this with this whole thing being set up, that our response is to be good soil. Our responsibility is to be good soil. And because of that, and I don't want to spoil it, we're going to be able to reap a harvest. My responsibility as a Christ follower is the condition, write this down, is the condition and the posture of my own heart. I can't decide your heart. I pray for your hearts. I was praying on the back porch when psychos were shooting fireworks, okay? Like, um, I pray for hearts to be softened, but it is up to the drawing of the Holy Spirit to draw you to repentance. And we're going to talk about that today. As a pastor, just to be honest with you guys, this passage can sometimes be a little discouraging for me. Because I know in a room of people this big that there's going to be people that represent every one of these soils, and no matter how hard I studied, how hard I pray, and how any of my own desires, it doesn't matter. My job is to faithfully preach the word of God, and then God will draw people to repentance. Just want to make sure this is clear. Which means that there is potential to only this morning have 25% of a success rate, which is kind of discouraging for me. And just like preaching to the crowd today, there, there's four types of people present when Jesus is sharing this parable, and I, and I, I want to talk about it. I've learned in life the question is not will we spend our life worshiping, 
The question is more accurately stated, who or what will we spend our life worshiping? Because today it's important to know that in all of our hearts, something or someone sits on that throne. And I just want to let you know, if it is you that sits on that throne, that is a very dangerous way to live. Something or someone has your worship in the most of your attention. And I want to spend the next little bit of time that we have together just encouraging you to be in a position where your heart is good soil to receive the word of God. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It's the title of today's message. It's How's Your Soil? How's Your Soil? I read an article this week, uh, and it was titled, Soil is Not Sexy. And I was like, that's really catching, you know? <laughs> like, so I read it, and uh, I like to study a bunch of random stuff when I'm preparing to, to speak. And, and it basically was stating how much everyone in the world desires to see fruit, but a lot of people don't take care of their soil. And I was like, that'll preach? This was a gardening article, okay? Like, and I would be willing to say that many people in, in this room today, you want to see the fruit of God in your life, but you may not be willing to address the very thing that the seed is planted in, which is your heart. And so I just want to encourage you and myself that we would evaluate today what, what's the soil. The soil, the soil in life is made up of minerals, air, this is all from the soil, it's not sexy, article uh, minerals air water organic matter and living organisms it is the interface between the atmosphere and the bedrock and there are more microorganisms in a teaspoon of good soil than there are humans on the earth that's a really interesting fact soil is very alive but it also can be very dead do we have any green thumb people in here like good gardeners we're going to call you all to come to our house okay and help us um, in the future <laughs> Um, so you understand the art of being a gardener and planting seed in good soil. Now, I believe if soil can be alive, it can be dead as well. And I think it's important to evaluate that there is a difference between soil and dirt. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be dirty today, okay? Like, don't be dirty. Soil, when it is misplaced, it becomes, stay with me, it becomes dirt, Soil, when it has left its needed ecosystem, this is all from this article. I'm like, this is this will preach. When it leaves its ecosystem, it has been cut off from its source of life, and it's no longer productive. And I thought, you know, soil is soft, it's nutrient-dense, and it's ready to receive the seed, and it's ready to produce fruit in life abundantly, just like good soil for our heart. And I Wrote down a few examples. When you build a house, they come and do a soil test. Have y'all y'all aware of this? And what they're doing is they're deciding if this structure can be built on this soil. And so they do a variety of things. They test the soil gravity, the dry density, and the foundation possibility. Can a foundation, can a slab, can footers be put on this property? Meaning before you pour the footers, they make sure the house is solid. The, the foundation would be solid. Now, if it's not, what happens? Your doors start kind of acting funny in the house. Your windows don't open the same. Now, when you're planting a garden, they test the amount of organic matter, level of macronutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and all of this determines the overall health of the soil. And I searched, what is the most important thing when someone is preparing a garden? And there was a lot of stuff that said uh, sunlight, uh, the water, the ability to protect from insects and animals, and the ability to have a good gardener. All these things were good guesses. None of those things are important if we miss the first step. 
You have to have healthy soil. You have to have good soil. The word of God, the seed, to be planted in a heart that is not good soil, that's not ready to receive it, it won't receive it. And and I started really digging into this. When we receive the word of God, Jesus recognizes there's four types of heart conditions. There's a hardened path. There is, uh, that's the wayside. You've got rocky, you've got the thorny, and then you've got good soil. And, and I would say it this way. We know that the test for building a house, we know the test for having a good garden. The test for knowing if someone needs to hear the word of God, do you know what the test is? At the end of this verse, it says, those who have ears, what? Let them hear. Everybody check. Make sure you got your earlobes with you today. Everybody do it. I'm looking at you guys. Do it. Make sure you got your ears. Okay. You're good candidates. All right. Look at your neighbor. Make sure they brought their ears. Right. I want you to do this. Just put your finger right here on your neck. Don't touch your neighbor's neck. It get weird. Okay, like right here. You should feel something. I hope. If not, we got other problems. That means you've got a pulse. If you got ears, and you got a pulse this morning, as I throw out good seed, which is the word of God, my prayer is that it would be received on good soil. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Just want to make sure this thing is crystal clear. Matthew 13, verse 1, it says, The same day that Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the lake, such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat. I love this. And he sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. So his, like, he's got the ultimate like preaching scenario. Like The waters are just behind him. It's beautiful. And all these people are on this little elevated sand shore looking at him. The acoustics are perfect. And at this time, I just imagine... All the religious people of the day were probably really frustrated with Jesus. Because I bet it sounded like this, like, oh, he can't teach in a boat. He's supposed to teach in the synagogue, right? And Jesus standing in a boat, he is the word of God. He's, he's sharing the word of God. He's preaching. I could just imagine all the people of religion. He's supposed to be in the synagogue. He's breaking the rules. All these people gathered around. They shouldn't be here. And I just could hear the little whispers, right? Huge group of people followed Jesus from a crowded house in the, in the chapter before to this place where they were about to receive the word of God. And it says, then he told them many things in parables. And and just so you know, he would communicate in parables because they're, they're usually short stories designed to emphasize a greater truth. The way that it was broken down, one of my good friends and mentors, he said, Jesus uses the familiar to help people understand the unfamiliar. So Jesus begins sharing, verse 3, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. I want you to write that down, the path. That's the first one, the path. This is the trampled or the hardened heart. This is the soil that seems like it cannot be penetrated. In verse 18, if you scroll down a little bit in your Bible, The disciples have said, why do you speak in parables? And then Jesus begins to explain to them. He's he's reading some stuff from the Old Testament. Then he begins to tell them in verse 18, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. And this is the seed that's sown along the path. Now a heart that has been hardened by sin and the things of the world That the seed of God's word physically and spiritually cannot take root. Have you all ever met someone with a really hard heart? 
you should all say yes because we have all been there, okay? Like, everyone in here has had a hardened heart before. Even as a believer, our heart can become kind of hardened to the things of God. Living for the pleasures of this world, a life full of sin, it develops a calloused heart. And I, I will say this, that a life without repentance will lead to a calloused heart. And, and in college, uh, you know, I, I could tell you so many stories. I, I lived this way for a long time. I was at a private Baptist school, and I was playing ball. I hadn't yet given my Lord fully to the Lord. My heart was as hard as a rock. <laughs> I remember I was cheating in our, we were it was mandatory to take two Bible classes a semester. I was cheating in those classes on Bible tests. It's really funny now thinking about it. And um, I should have paid attention to Old Testament survey. The life of Paul, life of Christ would have been good. Um, and I would cheat on these tests. I would ridicule Christians. I would, I would scan my little card, show up to chapel, and walk out. My, my heart was so hardened towards the things of God. When I would get around Christians, it's like I would just get nauseous. My, my history of very bad decisions, which were due to my, myself, drew me to a place where I knew that I needed to change, but my heart was so hard, I couldn't receive the truth of God's word. Just like this passage said, the seed was sown, but the evil one came and snatched it away. It came and plucked it away. It's almost as if I plugged my ears. Have y'all ever been talking to somebody? And it was like they just had their ears plugged. Some of y'all are like, yeah, my spouse, every single day. Like, <laughs> and me and Kendra do this thing where she says, Seth, give me your eyes. Give me your eyes. If you're not looking at me, I don't have your ears. And I'm like, I just want to multitask, but I can't because I'm stupid, right? Like, in this passage, it goes on, another translation says in verse 13 through 15, that's why I tell stories, this is Jesus, to create readiness to nudge the people towards a welcome awakening. Your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. The people are stubborn. He's describing me in college. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. And he goes on to say they screw their eyes shut so they don't have to look. So they won't have to deal with me face to face. Y'all listen, there are times where people will leave church and they say a phrase, I, I didn't get anything out of that. Now that may be because of bad preaching. I Hopefully that's not today. I hope this is okay. But usually when you can't receive anything out of a message, it's because of your own heart. I always say you can learn something from anybody. You can learn something from anybody. It may not be as much as you learn from the other person, but if your heart is good soil, then you could walk away changed. I'm not negating anyone's experience, but I do want to just question maybe the posture of your heart, and I want to encourage you to be in a place to receive. This is the path. It's a hardened place. The word is scattered amongst it, and the enemy comes and plucks it away. The next one is rocky soil, if y'all would write that down, rocky soil. Now, this isn't like somebody went out and saw a pile of rocks and was like, let's see if anything would grow here. Like, they didn't go sprinkle seed on the rocks. What happened is, right beneath the soil structure, it was rocky. And you know, if you have tried to plant anything, that you can't really work with that. It's too shallow. In verse 5, it says some of the rocks, some of it fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly. Very important words here, because the soil was shallow. Circle that word. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Circle that. They had no root. Verse 20, he goes on to explain the seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and they receive it with joy. 
This sounds like great news, right? Like somebody received the word with great joy, but don't miss the next part. But since they have no roots, they only last a short time. Have you all ever seen somebody that lasts just a little bit in their faith? It's like they received it with great joy, and then it's like life happened, right? And then it's like they just fade away. It says that when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, this is a promise in Scripture that there will be trials and tribulations, they quickly fall away. One of the best tests, don't miss this, to see if you are rooted in your faith or if you are rooted in rocky soil is by asking these questions. How do I handle opposition? How do I handle opposition? How do I respond to adversity? When everything doesn't turn out how I thought it would, do I run to the Lord or away from him? Do do I only try to get out of trials or do I try to get something out of the trial? Maybe instead of saying, God, would you get me out of this, start saying, God, what can I get out of this? What are you trying to teach me from this? Am I faithful when only things are going well for me, or am I just faithful regardless of the circumstance? This is what I call circumstantial faith. This is not really popular preaching in the day we live in, by the way. You can have what you want. You can get what you want. You pray, you receive it, brother. Go listen. Circumstantial faith says, even when things are hard, I'm clinging to Jesus. Even when things are tough, I'm clinging to Jesus. I'm going to live according to his word. It says that trials will come my way. But people don't want to hear that. Y'all notice that? This is rocky soil. It's a dangerous way of living. Circumstantial faith, it means that when I follow Jesus, I'll follow him as long as everything leads to a blessing. I'll follow it as long as I receive my reward on this side of eternity. No, no, baby, that ain't the word of God. (laughs) Listen, as long as I get what I desire, well, you know, somebody said just to trust my heart, be careful. It's very dangerous theology, and it's a very dangerous understanding of God. Very shallow, and this is not throwing seeds, like I said, on actual rocks. It's rocks underneath the soil that prevent its growth. Jesus said that the heat of the sun scorched the plants, and and because it had no root, it could not grow. This is a great example that Jesus did not come to make converts to Christianity. He came to make disciples, fully devoted followers of Christ that can stand the heat when the heat comes. If you you live in Arkansas, you know exactly about the heat, okay? You know when life gets hard and things get hot and it seems like things aren't together, your faith will be tested. My prayer is that you would run to God and not away from him. The rocky soil, we, we, uh, before we moved here, we had some bare spots in our front yard and I knew our neighbors were judging me. And, um, and the, the guy across the street had like the most immaculate yard. And um, so I went to Home Depot and I, I was looking for a quick fix because like, I got to impress this guy. And so I went, to the, I went to Home Depot, and I found a, a bag of seed, and it said, grows in five to eight days. So I'm like, okay, this sounds promising. So, you know, this is like one of those things you would buy on TV late at night when you're making bad decisions. And um, I bought two bags of it. I threw it out, watered it, raked it in, did the whole thing. And, y'all, kid you not, like four or five days, I saw grass. Like day seven, your boy was like laying in green grass. Like I'm like, this is amazing. It was full. It was luscious. I was mowing it. I had the lines in the yard. You know what I'm talking about? I would just sit out there and stare at the yard. I'm like, this, I did that. You know, like that's, that's me. And I would look at, uh, you know, my neighbor. I almost said his name. And I'd be like, you know, you see this grass? Well, did you know that grass was made for the shade? 
it was, it was fescue. It was not made for the heat. It was made to sprout up overnight, <laughs> and it was not made for the place it was planted in. Stay with me. When the heat came, what do y'all think happened? That grass disappeared. It was like it never was there. I walked out one day, and it was literally completely gone. And I was like, Lord, why have you forsaken me? You know, <laughs> it was gone. But this is what happens. We want a quick fix. We want quick growth. That is not how the word of God set this thing up. We have to be good soil. We need to be sharpened. And when the heat comes, baby, I want to be rooted. I want to be rooted so that I can grow closer to him. It was made for the shade. You were not made for the shade, by the way. You weren't. You were made to endure the things that you would go through on this side of eternity so people could see Christ through you. Through you. Uh, a mature believer is fueled by adversity. It means that when you're on the right path, things seem to not really be going as well as everybody else. I used to tell my high school students all the time, if you're going with the crowd, you will face little opposition in life. If everybody's going that way, everybody's doing that thing, everybody, no, listen, when you start going against the crowd, did you notice you kind of get bumped up against a little bit? You get a little bit of opposition. This is living for Christ in the world that we live in today. The rocky soil has an emotional response to follow Jesus. Don't miss this. And those same emotions that led them to follow Jesus led them to abandon him when things got hard. I want to encourage you to be rooted in Christ, not in your emotions. The third one is this, thorns. This is the thorns. This is the crowded heart. Other seed fell amongst the thorns. It grew and it choked the plants. And it says in verse 22, the seed falling amongst the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but the worries of life, this is going to hit home. And the deceitfulness of wealth chokes the word and makes it what? Unfruitful. Unfruitful. Keep in mind, these people are hearing the word of God, but when they are faced with a decision to follow Christ, they are choosing, am I going to worship my wallet or am I going to worship Jesus? Am I going to make decisions based off of temporary satisfaction or am I going to fix my eyes on heaven and eternity? This is the, the word of God. The world chokes out all potential growth, and it says it makes it unfruitful. This is what I've learned. I'm just going to be real with y'all. I have learned that flirting with the pleasures of this world while trying to follow Jesus is very dangerous. Would y'all agree? Anybody ever tried it? You, you just kind of, oh, I'm just going to dabble in this, dabble in that. It is a dangerous way to live. But when someone's heart has become tangled up in the world and it's been hardened by the pleasures of this world, whatever I want, whatever I desire, listen, this is a heart condition when someone's heart doesn't have room for faith because all they have room for is its own lust. Just because you feel it doesn't mean you should do it. But we live in a world that says, do what you feel, live your own truth, be who you want to be. That's great, but that is not kingdom living. we got to be rooted in the truth of God's word. Have you all ever heard the advice, the advice just listen to your heart? You all heard that? Some of you all said it. I'm just going to tell you, it's bad advice. All right, I've said it to people. Just trust your heart. Don't trust your heart. The word of God says the heart is what? Deceitful. It is wicked. Just do what feels right. What do you think is best? Be careful. The great theologian. I think, think it's Roxette said, listen to your heart. 
He's calling for you. Listen to your heart. There's nothing else you can do. I got the lyrics. I don't know where I'm going. To, I don't know why. Listen to your heart. I wrote a new song. It's this. Don't listen to your heart when it's calling for you. Don't listen to your heart. It's the worst thing you could do. It's getting good. Your heart is sick and deceitful. It's wicked and dark. Came to encourage you today. It will lead you astray, and you will be doomed. That's all I got, okay? Like, <laughs> I wrote those lyrics in the parking lot this morning. I was like, this is going top ten right here, baby, okay? Listen, the world is screaming, do what you want to do. Be who you want to be. You can change how God created. Listen to me. The word of God is clear. We are living in the end. The, the end is near, people. Like, I'm not trying to be hellfire and brimstone. I'm saying you better cling to something, baby. The world is screaming everything that is opposing the scripture of God's word. Can I tell you, you have to make a choice. This is the time to worship the Lord. Chasing money. I'm just going to make a living that we get so caught up that we're working away our life. We forget why we're even living. I'm just going to chase a pleasure or an addiction or glory or fame or, or this addiction to pornography or the, whatever it may be. Listen to me. It is deceitful. It's a plan from the enemy, and it will still kill and destroy every good thing God has put in your life. It's the truth. It's the truth. Chasing anything but Jesus will lead you to an unfruitful life. It will lead you to an unsatisfying life and an unproductive faith. The last thing is this, good soil. Oh, there's good news. <laughs> There's good news. You're not doomed. <laughs> There's good news. This is the fruitful heart. Verse 8, it says, Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, and thirty times what is sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. 23 says, But the seed falling on good soil. It refers to someone who hears the word, who understands it, and then they produce a, a crop. Someone who hears, understands, obeys, and produces a crop. I find it very interesting that right after Jesus talks about a good soil, he says it bears fruit. You can always tell a tree by its fruit. You can always tell a tree by its fruit. Psalm 1, it talks about, blessed is the one who does not step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit with the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. This person is like a, a tree that's planted in streams of water which yields its fruit in season. Yo, I, I want to encourage you, don't let the seed stop with you. You can be good soil, receive the seed of God's word, and then God wants you to be faithful to steward it from that point. And then you become a sower and you can sow seeds into other people. That's what I'm doing. God saved my life. I received the word on good soil, but how many of you want to know I received it on rocky soil as well? Thorny soil. I got a story. I ain't got enough time to share it all. But I can tell you every bad decision I've made has led me to a place where I desperately needed the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, and God's word for my life. I need Jesus. I need him more now today than ever. And once you receive God's grace and God's word, now there's a call for you to reproduce it. If you would go ahead and stand to your feet across the room. I knew that today's message was not going to be one where everyone is just super thrilled. But this is the word of God, man. This is, this is what we, we do. This is what I pray 
just so y'all can have a look into my life, I pray every single Sunday. I come up here on Saturday nights, and this is what I do. I study myself approved. I pray myself hot. I preach myself empty on Sunday, and I pray that God would do the rest. I'm going to say it again. I study myself approved. I pray myself hot. I preach myself empty, and I believe in faith that God will do the rest. It's not up to me. God draws people to repentance, and my prayer is that you would be a place of good soil to receive the word of God, but it would not stop with you, that you could reach this region. I heard a story of this pastor who was speaking on the West Coast, and he he was kind of like a revival speaker, and they would do like the tent revivals and all this stuff. I've been reading about all this, and he went into this little church, and he began to speak. He spoke, he spoke four Sundays in a row. He stayed on the West Coast, and he was sharing the gospel. People were getting saved. The droves were coming in. People were flooding the church, filling the altars. And, and there, was, there was a couple that were members of the church, and they said, look at all these lost people overcrowding our church. You see where this is going? Look, look, it used to be comfortable. Now we don't even have our seat anymore. They don't even know what to wear to church. Did you hear them talking in the bathroom? They were cussing in God's house. And it's just, just ridiculing these people. They didn't even stand there and worship. And this is what they said. This pastor said, he said that he heard them say, our comfy little church is no longer comfortable. And then they said, our comfy church, it's been ruined. Y'all want to know what my prayer is? that God would ruin every church that doesn't have a place for lost people, <laughs> that, that it would just, it would collapse in these days, that it would completely evaporate. My prayer is that this place would be a hospital for hurting people, that it would be a place where you can be saved and set free and then taught how to live for God and then wash and repeat and wash and repeat and wash and re- that we would be good soil and that the seed wouldn't stop with us. I wanna ask you these questions and I wanna pray. Is your soil soft? Is it in a position to receive? Is your soil deep? Is it, is it choked out and is it overcrowded with, with the things of this world? Is it, is it overcrowded with your own desires and is your soil fruitful? This is a simple evaluation today. I want you to evaluate the condition of your heart and this is what I want you to pray. Pray, say, God, I want you to change my heart so that it can receive everything that you want to give it today. Let's pray.